Book one, chapters six to seven of Ten Books on Architecture. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Fredrik Carlson. Ten Books on Architecture by Vitruvius, translated by Morris Hickey Morgan. Chapter six, the directions of the street with remarks on the winds. One, the town being fortified, the next step is the apportionment of house lots within the walls and the laying out of streets and alleys with regard to climatic conditions. They will be properly laid out if foresight is employed to exclude the winds from the alleys. Cold winds are disagreeable, hot winds enervating, moist winds unhealthy. We must therefore avoid mistakes in this matter and beware of the common experience of many communities. For example, Mytilene, in the island of Lesbos is a town built with magnificence and good taste, but its position shows a lack of foresight. In that community, when the wind is south, the people fall ill. When it is northwest, it sets them coughing. With a north wind, they do indeed recover, but cannot stand about in alleys and streets owing to the severe cold. 2. Wind is a flowing wave of air moving hither and thither indefinitely. It is produced when heat meets moisture, the rush of heat generating a mighty current of air. That this is the fact we may learn from bronze eolopiles, and thus by means of scientific inventions discover a divine truth lurking in the laws of the heavens. Eolopiles are hollow bronze balls with a very small opening through which water is poured into them. Set before a fire, not a breath issues from them before they get warm. But as soon as they begin to boil, out comes a strong blast due to the fire. Thus, from this slight and very short experiment, we may understand and judge of the mighty and wonderful laws of the heavens and the nature of winds. By shutting out the winds from our dwellings, therefore, we shall not only make the place healthful for people who are well, but also in the case of diseases due perhaps to unfavorable situations elsewhere, the patients who in other healthy places might be cured by a different form of treatment will here be more quickly cured by the mildness that comes from the shutting out of the winds. The diseases which are hard to cure in neighborhoods such as those to which I have referred above are catarrh, hoarseness, coughs, pleurisy, consumption, spitting of blood, and all others that are cured not by lowering the system, but by building it up. They are hard to cure, first, because they are originally due to chills, secondly, because the patient system, being already exhausted by disease, the air there, which is in constant agitation owing to winds and therefore deteriorated, takes all the sap of life out of the diseased bodies, and leaves them more meagre every day. On the other hand, a mild thick air, without draughts, and not constantly blowing back and forth, builds up their frames by its unwavering steadiness, and so strengthens and restores people who are afflicted with these diseases. 4. Some have held that there are only four winds, Solanus from due east, Auster from the south, Favonius from due west, Sepentrio from the north. But more careful investigators tell us that there are eight. 
Chief among such was Adronicus of Cyrus, who in proof built the marble octagonal tower in Athens. On the several sides of the octagon, he executed reliefs representing the several winds, each facing the point from which it blows. And on top of the tower, he sets a conical-shaped piece of marble, and on this, a bronze triton with a rod outstretched in its right hand. It was so contrived as to go round with the winds, always stopping to face the breeze and holding its rod as a pointer directly over the representation of the wind that was blowing. 5. Thus Eurus is placed to the southeast between Solanus and Ulster, Africus to the southwest between Auster and Favonius, Caurus, where as many call it, Chorus between Favonius and Sepentrio, and Aquilo between Sepentrio and Solanus. Such, then, appears to have been his device, including the numbers and names of the wind and indicating the directions from which particular winds blow. These facts being thus determined, to find the directions and quarters of the winds, your method of procedure should be as follows. 6. In the middle of the city, place a marble amosium, laying it true by the level or else let the spot be made so true by means of rule and level that no amosium is necessary. In the very centre of that spot, set up a bronze gnomon or shadow tracker, in Greek, skiatras. At about the fifth hour in the morning, take the end at the shadow cast by this gnomon and mark it with a point. Then, opening your compasses to this point which marks the length of the gnomon's shadow describe a circle from the center in the afternoon watch the shadow of your gnomon as it lengthens and when it once more touches the circumference of this circle and the shadow in the afternoon is equal in length to that of the morning mark it with a point seven from these two points describe with your compasses intersecting arcs and through their intersection and the centre let a line be drawn to the circumference of the circle to give us the quarters of south and north then using a sixteenth part of the entire circumference of the circle as a diameter describe a circle with its centre on the line to the south at the point where it crosses the circumference and put points to the right and left on the circumference on the south side repeating the process on the north side. From the four points thus obtained, draw lines intersecting the center from one side of the circumference to the other. Thus, we shall have an eighth part of the circumference set out for Auster and another for Sempentrio. The rest of the entire circumference is then to be divided into three equal parts on each side, and thus we have designed a figure equally apportioned among the eight winds. Then let the directions of your streets and alleys be laid down on the lines of division between the quarters of two winds. 8. On this principle of arrangement, the disagreeable force of the winds will be shut out from dwellings and lines of houses. For if the streets run full in the face of the winds, their constant blasts rushing in from the open country, and then confined by narrow alleys, will sweep through them with great violence. The lines of houses must therefore be directed away from the quarters from which the winds blow, so that as they come in they may strike against the angles of the blocks and their force thus be broken and dispersed. 9. 
Those who know names for very many winds will perhaps be surprised at our setting forth that there are only eight. Remembering, however, that Eratosthenes of Cyrene, employing mathematical theories and geometrical methods, discovered from the course of the sun the shadows cast by an equinoctial gnomon and the inclination of the heaven that the circumference of the earth is two hundred and fifty-two thousand stadia, that is, thirty-one million five hundred thousand paces, and observing that an eighth part of this, occupied by a wind, is three million nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand five hundred paces, they should not be surprised to find that a single wind ranging over so wide a field is subject to shifts this way and that leading to a variety of breezes ten so we often have Leconitus and alternus blowing respectively to the right and left of auster libonitus and subversperus to the right and left of africus argestus and at certain periods the etesiae on either side of favonius circeas and chorus on the sides of caurus Thracias and Gallicus on either side of Sepentrio, Supernas and Cesius to the right and left of Achillo, Carbas, and at certain period the Ornithii on either side of Solanus, while Eurycircius and Volturnus blow on the flanks of Eurus, which is between them. There are also many other names for winds derived from localities or from the squalls which sweep from rivers or down mountains. 11. Then, too, there are breezes of early morning, for the sun on emerging from beneath the earth strikes humid air as he returns, and as he goes up climbing the sky he spreads it out before him, extracting breezes from the vapor that was there before the dawn. Those that still blow on after sunrise are classed with euros, and hence appears to come the Greek name, euros, as the child of the breezes, and the word for tomorrow, orion named from their early morning breezes. Some people do indeed say that Eratosthenes could not have inferred the true measure of the earth. Whether true or untrue, it cannot affect the truth of what I have written on the fixing of the quarters from which the different winds blow. 12. If he was wrong, the only result will be that the individual winds may blow, not with the scope expected from the, his measurement, but with the powers either more or less widely extended. For the readier understanding of these topics, since I have treated them with brevity, it has seemed best to me to give two figures, or, as the Greeks say, schemata, at the end of this book. One decide to show the precise quarters from which the winds arise, the other, how by turning the directions of the rows of houses and the streets away from their full force, we may avoid unhealthy blasts. Let A be the center of a plane surface, and B the point to which the shadow of the gnomon reaches in the morning. Taking A as the center, open the compasses to the point B which marks the shadow and describe a circle. Put the gnomon back where it was before, and wait for the shadow to lessen and grow again until in the afternoon it is equal to its length in the morning, touching the circumference at the point C. Then, from the points B and C, describe with the compasses two arcs intersecting at D. Next, draw a line from the point of intersection D through the center of the circle to the circumference and call it EF. This line will show where the south and north lie. 13. Then find with the compasses a sixteenth part of the entire circumference. 
Then center the compasses on the point E where the line to the south touches the circumference, and set off the points G and H to the right and left of E. Otherwise, on the north side, center the compasses on the circumference at the point F on the line to the north, and set off the points I and K to the right and left. Then draw lines through the center from G to K and from H to I. Thus the space from G to H will belong to Auster and the south, and the space from I to K will be that of Serpentrio. The north of the circumference is to be divided equally into three parts on the right and three on the left, those to the east at the points L and M, those to the west at the points N and O. Finally, intersecting lines are to be drawn from M to O and from L to N. Thus we shall have the circumference divided into eight equal spaces for the winds. The figure being finished, we shall have at the eight different divisions, beginning at the south, the letter G from Euros and Auster, H between Auster and Africus, N between Africus and Favonius, O between Favonius and Chorus, K between Chorus and Serpentrio, I between Serpentrio and Aquilo, L between Aquilo and Solanus, and M between Solanus and Euros. This done, apply a gnomon to these eight divisions, and thus fix the directions of the different alleys. Chapter 7. The Sites for Public Buildings 1. Having laid out the alleys and determined the streets, we have next to treat the choice of building sites for temples, the forum, and all other public spaces, with a view to general convenience and utility. If the city is on the sea, we should choose ground close to the harbour as the place where the forum is to be built, but if inland, in the middle of the town. For the temples, the sites for those of the gods under whose particular protection the state is thought to rest, and for Jupiter, Juno, and Minerva, should be on the very highest point commanding a view of the greater part of the city. Mercury should be in the Forum, or, like Isis and Serapis, in the Emporium, Apollo and Father Bacchus near the theatre. Hercules at the circus in the communities which have no gymnasia nor amphitheatres, Mars outside the city but at the training ground, and so Venus but at the harbour. It is moreover shown by the Etruscan diviners in treatises on their science that the fanes of Venus, Vulcan, and Mars should be situated outside the walls, in order that the young men and women may not become habituated in the city to the temptations incident to the worship of Venus, and that buildings may be free from the terror of fires through the religious rites and sacrifices which call the power of Vulcan beyond the walls. As for Mars, when that divinity is enshrined outside the walls, the citizens will never take up arms against each other, and he will defend the city from its enemies and save it from danger in war. 2. Ceres should also be outside the city, in a place to which people need never go except for the purpose of sacrifice. That place should be under the protection of religion, purity, and good morals. Proper sites should be set apart for the precincts of the other gods according to the nature of the sacrifices offered to them. The principle governing the actual construction of temples and their symmetry I shall explain in my third and fourth books. 
In the second, I have thought it best to give an account of the materials used in buildings with their good qualities and advantages, and then, in the succeeding books, to describe and explain the proportions of buildings, their arrangements, and the different forms of symmetry. End of Book 1